Today on the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. I think this has sort of been definitely the biggest project that I've ever taken on. What that allowed me to do is really learn a lot about how to get footage in this type of setting. A DU film professor is taking students out of the classroom to produce a documentary web series. It's a constant process of making each other better. And I think that I'm really proud of that fact, that we're able to be honest with each other, we're able to take that feedback and incorporate it. Today, we're chatting with Sheila Schroeder, Leif Soderberg, and Zion Rogers, three of the five filmmakers behind Breaking the Turf Grass Ceiling. I'm Kevin Douglas, and this is the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Hello, welcome to the Entrepreneurship at DU podcast. Today we are chatting with three of the five-member team from DU Film that produced Breaking the Turf Grass Ceiling, which is a new documentary web series that you can watch right now on YouTube. Today in the studio we have Sheila Schroeder, who is the executive producer and director of Breaking the Turf Grass Ceiling. We have Leif Soderberg, who acted as cinematographer and lead editor. And we have Zion Rogers, who is also an editor with the project. Sheila Schroeder is a professor in the Media Film Journalism Studies School. Leif Soderberg was a graduate in 2022. And Zion Rogers is expected to graduate this year, 2023. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming to the studio. Uh, Sheila, Leif, Zion, thank you for coming in. This is great to be here. Yeah, exciting. Thank you for having us. I want to start just by asking you about the film and the web series itself. Could you describe and summarize what the project is and how it came about? Sure, I'll, I'll give that a stab. Um, last summer, uh, I was invited to be part of a Women in Turf team. Now, what is a Women in Turf team? Well, it's a group of volunteers who uh, assemble for big uh, turf events. And in this case, it was the U.S. Women's Open Golf Tournament at Pine Needles. I went as a social media storyteller, and I was able to bring along an assistant, um, and that assistant um, last summer was Leif Soderberg. Yeah, uh, it was a fantastic opportunity. Sheila reached out to me, so I had some free time. I was uh, not in my or at my last quarter; I had off. Uh, so um, yeah, and it was it was an amazing experience. Uh, got to meet all these amazing women that are really strong and trying to. Uh, break, you know, break the turf grass ceiling, as we call it. Uh, and I think, you know, it's uh, it was, yeah, again, a really cool learning experience, not only in film, but in terms of life experience learning, um, just a totally different perspective that I had never seen. And then Zion, how did you get involved with DU Film and with this project specifically? Um, yeah, Professor uh, Sheila, she reached out to me because I, I think you trying to reach out to me um, like the day after, like last day of class, and I like dipped out. So she reached out to me um, over email and asked me if I wanted to join, and I, I agreed. So I know this is the um, second project, right? That DU, or DU Film has produced two short films in the past. This is the third project of DU Film, and I want to hear a little bit how this differed from those two, and if you were involved with either one of those. And if not, Leaf and Zion, what this pre uh, what this experience was like in terms of experiential learning, and what you feel you're going to take away 
when you go into your next project. So just a little about Project DU Film. So uh, FILM is an acronym that stands for Film Initiative Linking Mentors. So it all started back in 2015 uh, when I uh, finished a, a screenplay that um, I, I, I really wanted to produce. And so I reached out to my alumni base and said, you know, I need some help with this. This is a narrative film, narrative films, you know, <laughs> you need uh, people who are specialists. And so I brought on several alumni and recognized the opportunity for student, students to be on that set. So we went up to Netherland, uh, stayed up there four nights. Um, it was like four nights, five days, and shot what was then our first Project DU film uh, project, uh, which was called Happy Effing Valentine's Day. So with Valentine's Day coming up, very relevant. Uh, and then uh, two years later, I had another screenplay, uh, this one called Scary Lucy, and um, we expanded the project. We had, um, I think it was uh, close to 25 people as a part of our crew, um, and then we had cast on top of that, um, and it was a much larger, longer opportunity for students and alumni to work alongside with each other. Both were narrative short narrative films. Both films have been very successful, won awards and festivals and things like that. And I had been looking for ways to uh, expand the project. We had another film ready to go in 2020, and we all know what happened then. Uh, COVID hit, and that project went by the wayside. It was another narrative project. And then along came uh, the opportunity to go with go to the U.S. Women's Open and serve as a social media storyteller um, telling the stories of women in the turf industry, which the need, by the way, is um, is really great. Women make up about 2% of that industry. And so uh, I saw it as an opportunity to combine my desire with Project DU Film, uh, which is designed to change the face of filmmaking in front of and behind the camera, so here was a chance to tell stories about a, a, a group that was, uh, is very much in the minority. Um, so going to uh, Pine Needles and, and serving as a social media storyteller, I saw an opportunity to do more, you know, just back to my own roots, uh, documentary filmmaking. And it was only after we got back from Pine Needles that, um, you know, I turned to Leaf it, it, at some point during that week, it was probably th like Thursday or something like Thursday oh, yeah, or Friday. In the week. And I said, you know, we have enough material here to make a series. And he agreed. Um, and so when we got back and started um, thinking about, well, what would that look like? Um, we just, you know, I, I found some students. Um, Leaf decided to stay on with the project, thankfully. Um, and we added Zion. We added Davis Maurer and... Um, uh, Kira O'Neill, uh, who's no longer with the project just because she, she moved away. But um, it became apparent to us as we were logging all this footage that we shot um, out in Pine Needles that we really did have um, material for a multi-episode web series. Uh, that it turned into 15 episodes <laughs> wow. is a little beyond um, my expectations. I was thinking maybe six. Um, and um, this crew that that uh, I assembled worked really hard with that footage and really started to see themes emerging. So um, that's a little bit about kind of Project DU 
film, how that has evolved into something now, that we now know as a documentary web series. With such a small team, I imagine there was a lot of collaboration on every level, conversations about once you decided how many episodes there would be, how they would be split up. And I would love to hear maybe if you've been on film sets before where you got to serve as a PA or um, any experience before this and what sets this apart in terms of the autonomy you had or the involvement you had in the creative and the collaborative process. Yeah, sure. I'll uh, take that first, I guess. Um, for me, I think this has sort of been definitely the biggest project that I've ever taken on, uh, especially being just me and Sheila there. Um, you mentioned autonomy, and I think this probably is the one that I've had sort of the most autonomy of aside, outside of um, school projects, stuff like that. Uh, and I think what that allowed me to do is really learn a lot about how to get footage in this type of setting, right? Uh, documentary is very different from filming a feature film where you have everything set up, all the lighting and everything. You have to adapt to your circumstances. And, um, and that was like a huge challenge for us uh, in shooting this. So um, really learning how to get set up quickly, um, you know, work under pressure. Um, these people had, you know, very little time to, with interviews and stuff like that and making sure to get enough coverage um, in order to get the whole thing together. And then from an editing standpoint, um, we, it was really a collaborative effort in terms of deciding what the story would be um, for each episode. We kind of each took on different episodes and took a stab at them. And, um, and then we collaborated with each other, got feedback, um, and really made them the best we could. So I think, um, yeah, it's been an amazing experience doing the full process, right, from start to finish um, of producing this uh, documentary. And, yeah, I, I, it's the best experience I've ever had, I think, in terms of, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, I've, I've worked on, like, my the short film Lemonade for my capstone narrative. But this is completely different because I was, like, mainly on the editing side, like, post-production. So getting new experiences and, like, uh constantly getting feedback for like what I've done and how how I should improve is very beneficial to me and, and the, the experience and even though it's been challenging sometimes I've like struggled like trying to figure things out I, I've really enjoyed the whole experience overall. I actually saw Lemonade at the presentation it was last spring's capstones right it was yes, very good yes. congratulations on that. Thank you. I also helped work on that film too. Yeah, right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I love about especially the creative community and the film community. It's so like you're doing one role for one project, but a whole nother role for another project, and you're all just helping each other out. Exactly. One thing that entrepreneurship at DU with their courses and what we're trying to give with our students is that experiential learning element. And it's not just sitting in a classroom, but it's being on the field or being you know, behind the scenes at a startup, at a company, seeing the way things get done. As filmmakers yourselves, I'd love to hear what, with this experiential project, making this documentary web series, what is one lesson you will take away as you embark on your next film creative project? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, my uh, my other interests, I'm, uh, I'm really into film. I, I think in terms of where I want to go with film, I'm leaning more towards the post-production side, but I love uh, every aspect of it. And so, um, I, you know, and I think in this project, really, I don't know, one big lesson I learned, I guess, is uh, mm, <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. Uh, I've learned a lot of lessons, <laughs> I guess. And uh, I guess one of the big ones is, you know, to have um, patience, I guess, you know, 
really sometimes a pro when you're editing something, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And with patience and with collaboration, um, you, you can really, um, you know, find new ways to make it good. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's a big lesson. Um, and yeah. Um, I, I think I mostly want to also lean in like post-production editing and, um, a big challenge or a big thing that I've learned is like, even though you'll, you'll experience challenges and you'll always struggle, you just got to keep moving on. Like you can't let something discourage you. You just got to keep on trying no matter what, if you want it to be good. I think it's a really good piece of advice, especially for um, one common thread of every conversation I've had with this podcast is when you face struggles, when you face challenges, maybe it can feel like a wall, but you push through it and you end up uh, coming out on the other side, growing from it. No better way than to just do it, because when you sit in a classroom and talk about it, it's all theoretical. Um, so it's pretty powerful. You get to be on the ground with these women um, with this documentary. I want to hear a little more about the relationship of producers to a film project, because I know uh, you mentioned to me, Sheila, that there's also the opportunity with this to see how a pitch is made to producers or a little more of the business side when it comes to putting together a series, pitching a series like this. I know you have some corporate sponsors that you had to get on board with this project, and I want to hear from all of you um, what what takeaways there have been in that regard. And Sheila, how you've seen students grow on the back end, the business side of the film industry. Yeah, I could definitely uh, speak to the producerly side. And I think one of the things that I've really tried to do with this team is pull back the curtain on the things that a producer does. So we usually start every meeting and we meet every Monday. There are there have been some times where we've met a couple times during the week. Um, but we... Uh, I give them a rundown of the things that I I have done that week as a producer. That and that might include uh, a pitch that I made to a, a funder. Uh, it might include um, uh, securing photos, uh, talking to the women in turf team, collaborating with them. Um, there's been all sorts of things that I've talked about in terms of technology. Uh, release dates, we have a conference coming up, what does that preparation look like? Um, we created a, a postcard for that conference. Working with a designer, coming up with our logo, um, all of those things I've really tried to be open and transparent, <coughs> excuse me, and um, help help the students understand like um, uh, just there's this whole level of things that happen on the back end while they're you know working very hard on editing their the episodes and that sort of thing uh, and I'm trying to do some of that myself um, but there's always this other lifting going on um, that the producer has to take on or the producer slash director so um, that has been I, I hope um, <laughs> we haven't talked a lot about that but um, uh, I hope that's been a, a really educational part of this whole process. How you how you build out that um, uh, that series and how you how you get people to see it. Um, we were just talking a little bit earlier about um, setting up a Twitter calendar, and that's something I'm learning uh, about too. I, I, I'm not an expert by any means, but our audience is really Twitter based, 
So that's the that's the social medium that we've we've gravitated toward. Um, but I'll I'll let them sort of answer some of those other questions that you had, which you might have to repeat because I I went yeah. on a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'll I'll say this as someone who is currently experiencing this from the theater industry, and I thought I would be so averse to anything on the producer side, anything that wasn't creative. I thought would be my worst nightmare. And to an extent, that's still true. Um, but I recently started a theater company with some friends, and we're in our third production, going into our fourth production this summer. And I've learned relationships with theaters, relationships with um, businesses. It can be very challenging um, pitching a production or, or getting the resources to fund a production, all of that from my perspective. I've now feel much more confident in, even though it's still not my favorite. And as people who have been on the post-production side or writer-director side, um, what takeaways have you found with Sheila helping pull back the curtain from the producer side, from the business side? And do you see yourself doing more of that in the future now that you've gotten a taste? Have you caught the, the film business bug, if you will? Yeah, well, I think uh, one of the biggest things Sheila shared with us, uh, the lesson I took away is, um, you know, you don't know until you ask, right? So you have to put yourself out there. And I think that's something I struggle with. I'm, you know, not the most outgoing person. And so I think that was a big lesson takeaway for me. And in terms of whether or not I'm going to be sort of more in the business end, um, I think I will have to be, you know, either way. I mean, you have to, you know, sell yourself at least if you're going to, you know, get a job or get a role. So uh, in the film business, it's, it's all about, you know, all about that networking, all about finding, you know, places to work. And so I think, yeah, it's definitely been a big uh, takeaway for me. And, yeah, it's an amazing experience. Um, yeah, like, I, I, whenever she we meet and she tells us, like, there's a new sponsor on, I always get proud. I feel like, yeah, this is, like, the real deal. This is, like, we're, we're like, representing so many different people, and there's so many people counting on us. So I feel even more proud, like, being a part of this experience. Whenever she tells us, like, yeah, so-and-so came on, and so-and-so might have a deal with them. So, yeah, I've just been thankful for that kind of experience. And personally, I, I really want to be in the business um, type, but I feel like eventually, yeah, I probably will have to, like, like Leaf said, I have to sell myself. So, Well, you just said about that, that pride when you hear of a new sponsor that's joined the team. Um, that's something also a through line with a lot of the people I talk to is the, um, the ownership you get when you take on this much responsibility in a project. And um, this being a, a five-person team that's assembled this, um, I, I imagine there's just so much you get to take, uh, not even just credit for, but take pride in, and you get to share that with, with your teammates. I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, you know, we each have um, our own what we're calling our own episodes, but we bring those episodes to the team. We give each other feedback. We go back and we re-edit, myself included, right? Um, and then we bring it back, you know, and it's a, it's a constant process of making each other better. Um, and I think that um, I'm really proud of that fact, um, that we're able to be honest with each other. Um, we're able to take that feedback and incorporate it. Um, and, you know, sometimes it has to come just like really fast. Like I, I'm thinking of, you know, the promo uh, for this week, Leaf. You know, he sent me a promo. And I was like, OK, these four things we need to just do. Like, I, I didn't have time for, like, hear all the great things about it because they were really wonderful things. Um, but I think we have 
a shorthand now where we all appreciate what each other's doing, but we also understand that um, with a series like this, um, there are deadlines, and we just have to meet those deadlines. Um, so I, that I really appreciate that about my team. Yeah, I find that that kind of pressure brings out the best in everyone. It can certainly be stressful, but when you come out on the other side, you realize almost the adrenaline carries you through when it's like, oh, we need to get this out now. Yeah, certainly sometimes it does. And, and with our <laughs> with our deadline approaching next week for our first episode and then uh, every week after that um, episode's dropping, we've we've still got a lot of work ahead of us. So um, TikTok, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to take us a little bit back to the, the creative side of the process and um, especially the difference between documentary filmmaking and narrative filmmaking because it sounds like both of you came from a narrative background. And it sounds like primarily you also had a narrative background. Is this the first documentary? No, my um, my first projects um, all the way through grad school were documentaries. So uh, it's probably where I feel most at home. From my experience working some and both, primarily in narrative, the the flexibility and the almost the improvisation that comes with documentary, you go in with obviously an a, a agreed upon topic and subject, but based on the conversations you have, you notice new themes arise, you notice new new narratives among the subjects of the documentary you didn't even think of when you first started out. And I would love to hear how things evolved throughout the shooting process and and also from the editing process, what changes happened in reviewing everything that you had captured. Well, we, sh- we actually shot for seven days. I believe, yeah. Yes, it was a Sunday to Sunday, so eight days. Um and um, I, I, one of the lessons that I learned, this is uh, not, a, not a new lesson or anything, but I think one of the things that we discovered that would work better for us on location, um, we were talking to some of the team members, doing interviews and things like that, pulling them aside, and those went well. But we didn't have the personal relationship that that one member of the women in turf team had with everybody there. She was she was a part of the team. She was there the first year. She was very well connected. Her, na- her name is Kelly Lynch, and um, Kelly started doing some of the interviews with the team members, and because of her her personal connection with them. Um, they were much more willing to kind of open up. Did you see that, Leaf? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, Kelly sort of has this, this I guess, touch about her where she's really good at connecting with people, and she, I think she's a great interviewer. And so we were very fortunate, I think, to have her there um, to get so much so much great stuff out of, um, out of these women. You know, really, uh, a lot of them were able to open up a lot. Uh, we had some tears shed, uh, and that, for me, was really inspiring, and I hope will be really inspiring to the people that watch. I'm excited to experience that. I didn't know there'd be tears involved. Oh, there's a whole range of emotions. I mean, you know, the, these women are unicorns, um, and, they, and they think that, like, they're the only one who is. And in some states, they are, in fact, the only female superintendent uh, in the whole state. I mean, can you imagine being one of, you know, hundreds, and you're the only one? Um, so in our in the first episode, the origin story, uh, Shalia Finney, uh, who is a member of the Women in Turf team and also a, um, a uh, uh, 
director of member services with the Golf Course Superintendents Association, um, she talks about when she first came into um, this profession, she was one, and this isn't very long ago, but, you know, <laughs> but she was one of 58 superintendents in the world. I mean, can you, <laughs> can you imagine that? I mean, we talk about the paucity of women uh, and people of color, uh, LGBTQ members uh, in film, right? Uh, that's kind of where my mission started, changing the face of film in front of and behind the camera because there were there are problems in the film industry. But w when we started talking to women about being in the turf industry, especially uh, in golf itself, that the lack of women there uh, is really strong. And so... To sh to sh for them to share those stories of finding another female golf mechanic. I mean, it's it's really really. Um, I feel I I've, I feel for them, um, and I'm I'm honored to be able to tell those stories. That sounds like the experience of helping tell the story and listening to their stories throughout the way will have a lot of um, lasting power for each of you, and. Um, I think I speak on behalf of myself and hopefully everyone listening that I'm, I'm sold. I'm very interested. Um, is there anything from either the finished series episodes, just the way you've constructed it or a process of shooting editing that stands out as a personal favorite memory? Maybe it was a day on the course that was especially good weather and you had a great conversation or any, any standout memories you'll, you'll take away from this project. Well, I, I can speak to to one. It's not it's not even going to be in the series, but um, we were. Uh, if you're a superintendent in the golf industry, you are up before dawn, uh, and at events like this, you are finished off on the course uh, after uh, the sunset. So it, these are very very long days. And I remember it might have been fr Friday, Saturday. I'm I'm not exactly sure which day. Um, but I was standing on the number one tee box at the U.S. Women's Open, like on the course itself. And so I just started filming myself walking up the first fairway. Now, I'm a huge golf fan. Um, if uh, I, I, I remember being asked the question, if you could be anything, I, I said I would be a female golf professional. Mm -hmm. So this has been, you know, s sort of a, a long time dream of mine. But I couldn't, I, like, I was like, pinch me. I am standing here taking the walk that every single woman in this this most important golf tournament in the world is going to take today. And I just, like, I couldn't believe it. And I choked myself up, <laughs> you know, just talking to the camera uh, about that. It Like I said, it, it's not going to be in the series, but um, you asked for, like, meaningful moments, and that was a really meaningful moment for me. And maybe, Leif, you, you might talk about the... Um, the uh, um, uh, frame, uh, the time lapse that we, the couple of time lapses we we got. Yeah, yeah. So again, getting up super early, uh, we had to be out on that first tee box to get us. We wanted to get a big time lapse covering the full sunrise. Uh, and I remember Sheila uh, was sort of talking about the whole experience with me, uh, reminiscing, and you know, she said that since the pandemic, it's been really really tough, um, you know, for us filmmakers to really have that passion and ignite that um you know fuel to go out and film and uh what Sheila told me is that this project as she's been doing it uh helped reignite her passion 
And I think for me, you know, it helped spark that even more for me as well. You know, um, I felt sort of bigger, part of something bigger than myself uh, with this, um, which, you know, comes sort of a huge responsibility, right? I feel like a responsibility to these women to, to tell their stories, but also, you know, it's a, it's a great gift um, that they trust me with that and, and us with that. And so I think, yeah, that, that I think is the most powerful takeaway I've had. And maybe Zion, you could talk about um, the field trip episode. I don't. I mean, it's it's been very difficult. But I think you know the breakthroughs that you've had on that um, really show what you were talking about earlier in terms of like you gotta stick with something. Yeah, that that episode has been molded and changed so many times. I can't. Even, it's like so many different drafts, but. Uh, yeah, like it, I, I pretty much struggled because I don't think we knew exactly what type of uh, what type of where we want to go with it exactly. So me trying to edit some something we don't know what we want to do is kind it's kind of hard. But yeah, I, I think now we're we're hopefully finished with it. Like it's not get changed anymore. But yeah, I, I it was it was very informative experience. So yeah. Well, and to Zion's credit, I I gave her an out. I said. You know, because sometimes with a with a as a creative, you just get to a point where you're like, well, I don't know, you know. And I gave her the out, and she said, No, I want to stick with it. And um, thank goodness she did, because because I think that's going to be a really good episode. I'm very excited to see it. Um, there's a couple rapid questions that we ask all our guests, and it just gives us a little taste into how you view the world and how you view your own creativity, entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it. And um, we'll just go around this way. First question will be, how do you define success? These are supposed to be rapid fire questions, right? Yeah, one to two <laughs> sentence max. How do you define success? Um, boy, this is a question I'd have to ponder for a couple of days. Um, I, I honestly, does anybody else have an answer for? I, I, I can take a crack at it, I guess. I think for me, it's sort of a personal thing, right? Everyone has their own definition of success. So to me, what success is, is meeting your own personal goals for life. If you succeed in doing what you set out to do and you believe you did it to the best of your ability, I would call that success. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like if you can look back at your work and you're proud of it and you wouldn't change a thing, then that's, that's success. We'll go, we'll go the other way this time, and the question is, what is the best or worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Yeah, that's a hard one, too. Um, I think the, one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten is probably just, like, don't give up. <laughs> I know I keep saying that, but, like, just don't give up. Like, like even though, like, you did give me an hour, like, I, I would never like give up on something. I, I couldn't imagine just like not trying my hardest. So yeah, that's the best advice I've gotten. Yeah. I think for me, somewhere along the lines of kind of what um, she, I said about uh, that Sheila said earlier about putting yourself out there. Like you don't know if you don't ask. And, um, and you know, I, the whole reason I'm in this project is because I was talking to Sheila about uh, possible opportunities and she thought I would be good for the role. And I said, yes. So I think, you know, really, uh, seizing the day, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity you get has really, um, I think, gotten me as far as I have today. 
And I, th- I think for me, um, the best piece of advice, I don't know if anybody gave it to me, but um, say yes. You might be outside of your comfort zone. Um, you might you might not. Uh, someone might ask you to do something you don't quite know how to do. Um, but by saying yes, you open yourself up to opportunity. And then finally, I want to hear what's on the horizon. That could be personal. That could be professional. Um, but Zion, as you approach graduation, leave as an alumni now that this project is airing. And um, Sheila, what's next for you for DU Film? Um, what can people keep an eye out for? Um, currently, nothing for me. Um, I, I'm I'm at that point where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Like, I'm like so, like, I'm worried, like, constantly, like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to find a job? Like, am I going to make it? So I, I keep practicing constantly. I always edit on my own time so I can get better. But hopefully I'll become successful and blow up. <laughs> but right now it's, it's just moving one day at a time. I can respect that, especially approaching graduation. It's like, let me get past this <laughs> milestone and then, yeah. Well, well, put it out there, Zion. What, are you looking for a job as an editor? Yes, I am. Okay. Someone want to hire me. <laughs> Somebody hires Zion. She's looking for a job as an editor. Here we go. Yeah. I am also on the job hunt myself. Um, I got a couple of leads, but um, looking to work with either a production company or some other kind of company. Uh, right in the immediate future uh, for coming out with me, uh, I'm filming or working on producing a music video uh, with my friend. Uh, so that'll be the, the, the next thing immediately. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking for jobs in editing or in uh, cinematography, any camera work. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, any listeners out there, um, students or alumni, faculty, uh, if you need some work done on the video side, uh, Zion and Leaf are your people. Um, as as for what's next for me, um, certainly uh, seeing this project through to the end, uh, we have. Uh, been in some very, very, very preliminary uh, discussions about going to the 2023 U.S. Women's Open, which will be held at the Cathedral of Golf called Pebble Beach, uh, which in the golf world is really um, uh, a very sacred place (laughs) and a place that is number one on my bucket list in terms of golf. So, um, Fingers crossed for that, but I also just put in a grant uh, application for um, another project that I'm involved in called uh, Womanhood, the series. It is a series of short films about the awkward and funny um, but uh, important moments in the lives of women, Um, a collaborative project with a a colleague out in San Diego who um, directed three short films in our first... um, our first season of Womanhood, I served as a, an editor on one of them, and I wrote uh, one of the films. Um, in this iteration, season two, we want to bring together women in STEM to talk about their experiences as women uh, in the field of STEM. Uh, so fingers crossed that, that something comes of, of that project. And then finally, how can people connect with uh, you on social media for Breaking the Turf Grass Ceiling, and where can people watch the episodes? Yeah, so um, our primary audience uh, in the turf world is Twitter. So that's the best place to find us, at Women in Turf Team. 
Uh, so check us out there, and um, all the episodes will be available for the world to see for free uh, on YouTube. And again, uh, find us there at Women in Turf Team. That's where you will find Breaking the Turf Grass Ceiling, our documentary web series. Excellent. I want to thank all of you for coming into the studio and thanks for chatting with me today about the film industry and the creative process. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in all of your future projects and endeavors. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much, Kevin. The Entrepreneurship at DU podcast was recorded in Marjorie Reed Hall on the University of Denver campus. You can find us on Instagram at DU Entrepreneur, on Twitter at DU underscore entrepreneur and on Facebook at entrepreneurship at DU. Entrepreneurship at DU is part of the Daniels College of Business, which has its own podcast, by the way. Check out Voices of Experience, available wherever you get your podcasts. 